0: All right, here we go. Sunday night. Got a new sweatshirt. Look at this, Craig. Boy. Craig said I'm sick and tired. This was really a secret ploy for me to get Craig to give me a free t-shirt. A free pullover, a free thing. I was wearing my F45, my $15,000 F45 uh
1: <laughs> a sweatshirt. Put, putting in my face the whole time.
0: There's more people that like that that have talked to me about that video when I said this was a fifteen thousand dollars sweat sweatshirt than almost anything. Everywhere I go, people people's like, "Man, that was so funny." But it's true, fifteen thousand bucks, and that's what I got out of that, um, and an experience and a good experience. So it was a fifteen thousand dollar lesson. But tonight it's Sunday night. We're going to come to you a little bit early tonight on Sunday night. Craig and I uh, get together and kind of powwow and talk about the week, and we t- we typically tackle a big subject. And so I'm looking forward to uh, you guys commenting tonight. Um, We had a, we had another big, we had another big week, Craig, here over 2,500 plus units sold, uh, flipped the switch this past week and went out to the marketplace. So I was over in North Carolina doing some presentations, went really well with the EXP leadership group. We're going to be following up with them. And then I did an event with, with one of our clients, top clients, Brock Zivin, Zevan, and he, Zevon Zevon Zivin. (laughs) He, he, he packed out a whole place and I was, I was so impressed with the dude and he's coming great, one of our certified coaches. And, you know, here's just a little lesson for all the certified coaches and people out there. You know, you, you really have two choices in life, man. You could sit back and complain about things or you could just jump in and, and, and get involved. And that's what the dude did, man. He said, I'm going to fill a place up. I'm going to bring coach in. We're working on me coming back and doing a full day in Charlotte with those people. So so I'm, well, I'm while you're I'm there. Let
1: me action. stop you while you're there, real quick, coach. Uh, because yep. I want to bring this up. You and I obviously are, you know, in the coaching business and we help people. And some people just get it and some people don't, right? You you speak on, you know, many different things, but you have an actual school of speaking that you brought people into. And why is it like people like Rob Stein, um, you know, Brock Savon, and we also have um um Chad Free right? These guys are just taking the initiative. There's like three right off the bat that I've seen that have just like literally taking the leader, you know, the role, the education that you provided, and then just going out there. What separates those guys from like the rest of them?
0: Well, I have a basic philosophy. This is going to kind of tap, t- tie into what we're going to talk about tonight is why do some people capitalize and some people are undercapitalized, right? And, and why do some people get into action and learn and figure it out And why do some people sit on the sidelines and kind of bitch about life and what's happening and why they got a leg down versus a leg up? I I have a fundamental belief. And the belief is it is the learner's responsibility to extract maximum value from the teacher. Okay, my mentor was Dr. Stephen Covey. That's who I studied under for eight years. Okay, now listen to this. I only had one conversation with Covey that lasted 10 minutes. My whole life. Okay. I I went to his headquarters to know where it was. And I went to his conferences and I read his books and I got certified. But I didn't, I didn't, the dude did, the dude didn't, you know, take me under his wing and teach me everything he knew. I I took it upon myself to go get it and then to go do something with it. And so I think, I think one of the reasons I see people that are undercapitalized is they spend a lot of time on, I don't know how to do something versus who, number one. And and they and they're lacking this, this one important ingredient, which is just remarkable boldness, man. Which is as I get older, I get bolder. And a guy in Charlotte thought I said bolder. And I said, no, as I get older, I get bolder. And uh, but but a lot of people are undercapitalized because they sit on the sidelines and they they don't they don't ever take an action. And Brock's like, look, man, if you're coming to Charlotte, I'll put on the vent. I think he pushed hard for two or three weeks to get people in the room. And uh I think that's important. Let me tell Natalie I'm doing a Zoom. Go ahead. What do you think about this? Well,
1: I think at the end of the day, you know, people get blocked for a couple of different reasons, right? And you know, it looks like we're talking to everyone here. Um you know they get stuck by i i saw i saw something and i forget who did it it's, i send myself notes all day long literally i probably send myself 20 notes in emails or some form or fashion where i can come back to it but they said if you were actually 30 percent, you know less astute if you will or less educated you probably do better because what happens is the more critical that you think about something you get stuck in that paralysis by analysis so i think a lot of us and i can certainly say someone like myself i overanalyze a lot of things and that's why i said you and i together are are really a good group because you kind of take action you're a quick start where if you're looking at different profiles and different things of where my benefit come from i'm analytical i'll look at things many many different times over so you know but i'm probably not the first one to jump through the window right because it's um you know and i, I say that's not completely true but you know i do get stuck in the weeds over analyzing and i think that's really truly what a lot of people will do as well and then they'll talk themselves right out of it
0: well, here here's the interesting thing. I was I was holding this book today cuz getting ready for the book club on Wednesday. And man, this is a big this is a big this is a big bitch right here. I mean, it ain't easy to write a book this big, right? And I was looking at it in comparison to all my other books and how much bigger and thicker and and more in depth it is. And 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 listen, guys, I I had remedial English. I finished 8th in my graduating class of 500 people. 508 people I finished 8th, and I still had remedial English in college. And I've written 17 books. Okay, now, what's the point there? The point is, I think what happens to a lot of people when I see highly talented yet undercapitalized, I'm almost starting to believe because I was on the phone with my agent tonight who's in New York City. And I said, man, let's just start. Let's start talking about the next book deal right now. We're talking about a TV show. There's some interest from a couple of different places on a TV show to do. And so we talk about storylines and what would be a good TV show. And then we got into books and when the right time is to go, go ahead and start negotiating for a new book. And he's like, it's right now. It's, it's right now we need to, you know, I need a manuscript by the end of March for, for your next book. So I can go ahead and start negotiating. And I'm like, right. <laughs> you know, so we talking about, you know, what is bold is screw your why uh, the, the concept I need to go with. Is it this, you see, like now we're getting into what is it? But but I see a lot of people. The older I get, the more I do this. The more I'm starting to say, look, the only thing separating big time people from other people is just remarkable boldness. Now let me show you something. I got off the plane in Charlotte, North Carolina. A guy walked up to me. I was going to call you the other night and have this conversation with you, but I was I don't know, tired and it was late. And guy walks up to me and he said, man, I noticed you're working on the plane on some plans. Now, here's what's interesting. This is intriguing to me. I was working on the Greatness Factory plans and the different levels of the Greatness Factory. And if it was fully rented and it had all of the tenants in it, it had, we rented the auditorium 50 times a year and this 50 times how much money it could actually generate. Well, on those plans, it doesn't say the Greatness Factory anywhere on those plans. Okay. All right. So it's this this big thing that me and Tony Gertani printed off. I'm sitting there on the plane. Drawing it up. Well, a guy comes up to me and he says, Man, do you work at that greatness factory? And and, and I felt for a minute and I said, I said, Yeah. And then we kind of talked for a second. And, and I and I said, Man, I founded the concept of the greatness factory. He's like, Oh man, he said, that's so cool. He said, Well, I am a regional manager for industrious over like six states, and we're talking about you being one of our competitors. The greatness factor being one of our competitors at Industrious. Now, I looked up tonight, Industrious was valued at $600 million. They just put $200 million into Industrious investors. And I'm sitting there thinking, we're all, we're already on the radar screen of Industrious before we've even got this place built. Now, you know what I started thinking? There is nothing separating us from, from being that big or bigger with the greatness factor. Other than a couple things. One, the right people who know how mm-hmm. to do it remarkable boldness to go for it and, 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 and to get out of what a lot of people say, well, we don't have the money. Well, that's why you go raise the money. Okay. That's why. I, so, so when I, when I had that conversation, I called, you know, my wife and I'm like, look, this could be as bigger, or bigger than industries, right? It's already on the radar people. We're not even built it yet. Just the concept of it being out is already out there. So, I, so, I, so here's the deal. Remarkable boldness um the right people who know how to do something, right? Who know how to raise capital, know how to put it together, know how to scale something. And really just the belief that you can go do it. Cause there's nothing to separate those people from us. Would you agree? I
1: agree. And, and I think it just it starts with many different factors, but it's all in your head, right? Like at the end of the day, you know, someone who did something great had it in their belief that they were going to do this thing. And they just continued to do go until they figured it out. You know, we often don't know what the end looks like until we're there. We can visualize all we want, but a lot of things change in that, in that journey. But it takes that person with, you know, like you said, remarkable boldness or a vision of just like out of proportion from what normal reality is. Essentially, you're leveraging the whole time. You're leveraging belief and thought. You're not just leveraging time and money, right? You're you're leveraging all of it. And so, yeah, you need the right people, the right team, the right thought process to get to it.
0: And here's the deal. They're out there. Like I reached out to Rob Luna. Tonight, who's own own Fox business every week? He's studying the markets. I said, "Man, I'm going to be in Newport this week. I'd love to have dinner with you. We're going to have dinner on Thursday night, like, all right?" And he's a guy that you say, "Okay, this guy has done it. He's 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 taken a p- company public. He's he's raised capital. He's worked with some of the most high net worth individuals in the world. You know what I mean? He's a guy you trust." What I'm saying is, these people are out there. Yeah, they're they're out there, and but but you're. Your boldness or lack of boldness. Now I get into this in the book because we're still pushing the book. We still want people to buy the book. It's just the second week, second or third week of the book. It's not like we want people to quit buying it. Uh, In the book, I talk about the habits of the top 1% of performers. And and that alone could be a good book, I think for a lot of people. But out of the top five habits, I do believe that the remarkable boldness one is one. And that's why I'm saying you got to move from confidence to remarkable boldness. And, and that's just really why when I see highly talented yet undercapitalized, like I think a good book would be called You Got Potential. <laughs> you know, it's like you could be really big in the world if you just if you just knew how to get from A to B. Right. So you got to start right. asking what is what's keeping a person from going from A to B. And a lot of times it's environment. Like when I go to Miami, I think about all the opportunity in Miami. When I was like, I was just in Charlotte. It's like when I go to these cities and I'm downtown and I'm staying downtown, I'm like, look at all this opportunity, man. It's freaking, it's everywhere. Like you can't even, like, like you can't even get away from it. Like there's money literally everywhere. Okay. And, it, and so I think sometimes we get conditioned to believe this is it. This is as good as it's going to get. I'm in a dogfight. fight. Can't figure out how to get out of this. And I think the people that you
1: surround yourself with. And that's why I think essentially is why you and I both believe that a coach is critical to someone's life, having the right mentorship, whether it's a coach or even a fellowship with friends, family, and and just people of faith that can just provide you with, like, you know what, you can. And there needs to be a good group of people that can tell you, look, you're 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 seeing this wrong, or or to be able to check you. But they should never extinguish your fire. They should only be able to check you on reality, uh, on certain things, on you know, so you you need a good group of people that are egging you on you know trying to make make you succeed and be more than you are today but you also need a group of people to check you and make sure that you're you know you're you know in in balance so i would say you know one of the hardest things is like you said is to get the right environment around you and a lot of times when people grow up without those resources the right people it's going to take them a lot longer and so there's many arguments that we we can come up with on the why but at the end of the day if somebody's to g- grow up with no resources at all and still make it you know, then there there obviously has to be something to be said about having to be, you know, you are the capable with all you are. maybe you're not as good as you could be, but you could be more. you know, so continue to just work on it and and go find a mentor. Go hard out there looking for someone who could bring you above where you're currently at because someone's already done it and probably faster than you would do it alone. So why not save some time? Make it a little bit easier on yourself so therefore you can focus on the things that do matter
0: and and this is really. There's two things that came to my mind. One, we kind of grow up emulating people and we 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 have this mental block that says, well, I'll be good, but I'll never be that good. Mm-hmm. Right. Or I'll be this, but I'll never be that. I'll be I can do this, but I can't do that. And I, you guys hear me. I talk about this in the book when I was I said, I'll be a good coach, but I'll never be a championship coach until I made a decision. I'll be you know I'll I'll be a good speaker but I'll never be one of the top speakers in the world. I'll be this but I'll never be a best selling author. I'll be this see and, and so these you 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 have to and I don't know it's hard for me to explain what shit was shifted in me but it was really a decision I made in December that I said man I'm tired of emulating these people okay I've studied under all these people I, I they're, they're, they're 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 no better than me I say that humbly um but but now I'm tired of emulating them and I'm going to become one of them. Okay. And, and there, there's a, but, but I think that only comes after a long obedience in the same direction where you've honed and refined your skill set, and you really are talented and you're in the room. And, 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 and I think this is where we got to get to, we've got to get, every person's got to get to quit looking at people going, Oh, I can never do that. I'm never smart enough to do what they're doing. Okay. Or be at their level. And once you kind of break through to the other side, and it's like, all right, man, let What do you go. think it takes for someone to get
1: that inner belief? You know, at the end of the day, a lot of like, reps. Do they have to
0: actually a lot of reps. Oh, I think, I think a lot of, I think I was reading this today in the book is a lot of reps, feedback and calibration, mm-hmm. right? Uh, a, a, a consistent persistence to just stay in the game long enough to learn and get better. That's really hard to, to, you can't shortcut it. You know, the people who try to shortcut it, you can tell they're not that good. They haven't paid the price. They don't really know. They hadn't had the reps. They don't know how to maneuver. Right. Which is well, why you really got to be in the game. Like it took me as a coach getting beat. Really. It took me getting to two or three sub states, which is a game right before state tournament, and getting beat to really even know how good you had to be to win it. It took me speaking at 10 X to be able to say, OK, this is how good you got to be to get on to be on big stages. OK, so so it's like if you don't do it, you never know what you got to recalibrate. Then you go back, then you get better, then you make some moves and you keep going. And it's kind of the persistence and intensity of the prey drive piece that really. But, but you know, I, mean, I spoke to a group here in Murfreesboro last week and you were there with me. And, you know, I, I kind of get the feeling many times that local people think, well, I, you know, I could never be a big time person because I live in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, mm-hmm. which is only 25 minutes from Nashville, by the way. Or yeah. it's not New York City and it's not Miami and it's not L.A. And, you know, I'm going to be in L.A. this week doing an event with Tim's story. And it's like it's like it's like a belief that people from small towns can't do anything big. But some people do. So this is really that's what I was kind of saying to that audience that you saw me speak to at the mortgage events. Like, hey, man, just because we live in Murfreesboro doesn't mean the best person in the world could be from Murfreesboro. That's right. And whatever it is, they do. Right. And and I believe that. But some people don't believe that. I think they become, you know, like I said, I was watching this this show about Jesus and and. Uh, you know, it's like people from Nazareth didn't think he could be anybody like his own family thought he was right. crazy, you know, so it's so it's this is not a new this is not a new thing. Right. <laughs> right? So so what we're talking about tonight, guys, if you're chiming in as we do these talks on Sunday night, and it's really why can't you make it through the other side? Why are you undercapitalized? Why do you see yourself as a, maybe a multimillionaire, but you can't seem to figure it out? Or you see yourself at the top of the, this, the level, but you can't seem to get there. And it really comes back to this, something that Kevin Elko said to me one day. And um, he said, the greats develop a concept of themselves early in life. Mm-hmm. And cannot be broken by other people. Somewhere along their life, they make up their mind that they really are special.
1: You're leading me right into my point right now um i'm, t- I'm talking at trio tomorrow i know you are too uh, yep. and we'll tell people what actually that is and what we do there but like you know we're speaking to two groups right now we're speaking to the people that are have to help themselves right have to understand that they have talent maybe undercapitalized, and might have to get resourceful to figure out where they can get funds or in front of the right people in market but we're also speaking to the parents because you just said something you know is very that hopefully didn't go over your guys head but where you take an understanding of appreciation and where you should be putting time energy and effort when you know they're being spoken to whether that's the educational system or the parents and so we're talking about success school right where you know you have the ability to speak into your children in such a way that can give them the beliefs that they can or give them the beliefs that you know if they not you know just affirmations blindly but you know really speaking into them and develop those habits like you know the success school i know we haven't really Knock that thing out of the park yet, and and I think it just comes down to getting the right words out, you know, making sure enough people know about it. But I mean, what you're saying right now and why people are in the way they are and stuck in their later years is because probably the way their parents raised them or the way some men educated them, and if you could take care of that now or surround the kids, your youth, your your people that you're growing up with the right positive influences mentorship and coaching, where could
0: they be right well, so, you know i'm reading I'm reading all these books on psychology right now because if I had to go back. And, you know, one regret I have is that I got as as I got not a regret, but I got my degrees in leadership and management. And, you know, one of my degrees, all I studied was Malcolm Baldridge uh, award winners, which were great businesses. But, you know, I wish I would have got it in psychology. And I'm going back and reading all these psychology books. How does it work? What does psychology work? And almost every, you know, then it gets into all the phobias, all of the way people think, all of the things that they need a psychologist for. And it really all developed. Early in life, right? Almost all of it developed because something happened to them along the way, and that that created these you know beliefs about them. Whether you know, no matter what it is, so it's really interesting. But somewhere along the way, I can't remember when it was. Maybe when I was fifteen or so, I just started thinking, "Man, I'm going to do big things." I really, I'm starting to believe I can do big things. I think it was because I went to leadership camps. This is why it's important what Craig's talking about with this success school that we're doing for kids. There's no school in America. That's teaching students the things we're teaching them. Confidence, remarkable boldness, connection, resilience, even just seeing it. You got to understand, I went to a leadership academy. I was 15 years old. It changed my whole life because for one week, all they did was teach us leadership principles. And what happened is, uh, and no pun intended here, but the switch was flipped in my life. And I came home and you know what I said? I told my mom, I want to be a leader. Like I didn't go thinking I was going to be a leader. I came home and I go, I'm going to be a freaking leader in the world. Like that's, that's what I'm going to do. I don't know. I'm going to have to, I'm going to coach and coaching is leadership. So I think if you're out there and you're watching this, just know there's more highly talented undercapitalized people than almost anything. And there are people who should be playing on bigger stages. They should be playing at higher levels. They should be doing a lot of these things, but for some reason, they're stuck and it could be, they don't know who they, uh, you, you may not be willing to invest the money, like it's like I know I'm stuck, but I'm prideful and I won't invest the money to get unstuck to go learn from somebody who knows how to do it. That's a big problem I see with a lot of people. Let's be honest: is they just won't pony up the money to get in a room with people who freaking know how to do it. And that's what it's because I,
1: I go to the gym, right? Or you know, I own the gym Rockbox. That's where we met originally. And um, you know, do you think it's because they know they're going to fail, or they have the influences around them that are saying that they're going to fail? Right? You know. For example, you take a, a group of people and they're out eating at a restaurant. I always tell my clients when they're you know, on a health journey and, you're, and you want to do something good, order first, because yep. you're going to set the trend in that relationship, right? right. Order first. And maybe someone else says, oh, you're eating good. I'm going to eat good. And this might trickle down, right? But you surround yourself with that wrong crowd and it's going to bring you the wrong way. So, you know, as, as we're talking about it, you know, it, it really could have other effects. You know,
0: I, I think there's a cost, too. Let's take the gym, for example. Everybody wants to get in better shape, but there's a cost. There's a sacrifice. And, and people don't want to pay that sacrifice, whether it be the healthy eating or in getting in the gym, or there's a cost to have something. You got to give something up to get something. I've given a lot of time. I've given a lot of energy. I've given a lot of late nights away from home, traveling around the world. You know, uh, I've given up a lot to have things, but I wouldn't trade that, right? I wouldn't trade that for anything. So so, but not everybody's willing to do that. You know, some that's people right. say, look, this is what, this is my dream, but I'm not willing to sacrifice to, to, to reach that dream. Right. And so, you know, I hope, uh, does it come down to habits? I think, I think it comes down to some habits. I think it comes down to consistency. I think it comes down to a skill. I, I don't think a lot of people really have a skill that moves the needle. And I think that's what you've got to develop if you want to really go pro here. So a couple of things, guys, if you're out there and you haven't got the book flip the switch yet, I want to encourage you. OK, I really want to encourage you to get this book. It's my best book. It's out there. I'm still in a, a eight week series, a book club every Wednesday at 1230. Uh, the coaching program, if you've ever thought about being in a coaching program, check check your check your pride and eat at the gate, man. If that's keeping you from 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 getting into a program to let somebody help you play at a higher level. You know, the other day I was probably coaching. I bet I was coaching so, some of the highest money earners in that room I was at that i was in the other day right and and i would be it would make logical sense to say if he's coaching those two dudes and they're making the most money why should why would i be coached by him you know i just it it, it really does baffle me that people don't think that way but they don't and uh so you know i think i think you got to start drawing correlations what's that dude doing what do you
1: what do you think of the fact that maybe when they see that it's like somebody remember we talked about you know you brought in um you know the billionaire guy from uh, priceline yeah um You know, and and, and I said that, you know, maybe people just can't dream that big, kind of like what you mentioned at the beginning of this. Maybe they see that, uh, you know, the two heads of the, uh, you know, the conference that you were in or the talk uh, are your coach, that they're priced out and that they don't even believe that they could be in that room or that they should be paying that price for coaching. You know what I mean? Maybe it's just that that belief system that they really need to be working on.
0: And and I don't think people really understand sometimes what a coach does. I don't I don't think they understand why do I I'm, I'm doing I'm doing good. Right, I'm doing good. I'm making some money. Uh, I don't need any help. And I think that's not how the pros think. The pros think I'm doing good, but man, I'm looking for an edge. And and who can give me that edge? And I think so. You know, if you really have a desire to go to the next level, somebody needs to be coaching you, whether it be me or somebody else. All I've ever done for 31 years is coach people. Uh, I could show you success story after success story of people that we've helped get to a higher level financially uh, you know, change, change changing their life. Uh, they did the work by the way. Okay. They did the work. So let's end this tonight with, with what you started with. Why are people highly talented undercapitalized? They don't get into rooms with the right people to learn how to do it. They don't have the remarkable boldness they need. They don't, you know, there's, there's, there's just something that's holding them back. They don't know what they don't know. And that might be just not being in the right room. That's right. And when you're not in the right rooms with the right people who know how to do it, when we know better, we do better. That's what My Angelo said. And I 100 percent believe it. When we know better, we do better. But if we don't know better, we just keep doing what we've been doing, man. And we we say well, we're doing good and maybe we are doing good. So I'm not I'm not pushing you guys to do anything more. But the book, Flip the Switch, tries to create a tension in your life, especially chapter two, because I was just doing it. Where it's asking you, what's your beat? What's holding you back? Are your actions in alignment with what you're saying you want to do, right? Because you tell me you want to do this, but you're doing this. And that's a big thing for a lot of people, okay? So get the book, flip the switch. Uh, If you haven't got it, get in the eight weeks with me. Every Wednesday, this Wednesday, I'll be breaking down the science behind activating the subconscious mind, getting clear on A to B, okay? Thank you for all the people who are hanging out with us tonight. We're going to keep doing good work. We're going to keep inspiring people. We're going to keep going around the country. We're going to be in, uh, we're going to be at Newport Beach, LA. I'm going to be doing Tim Story Live in LA this Saturday. So, uh, you know, Siobhan, good to see you, Jenna. So come on out and see me, man, in LA. If you're out on the West Coast, come out and see us live, Tim Story Live. That's a, that's a free event you can come to, guys. Okay, I'll be doing a lot of podcasts out there. So look forward to getting out to the West Coast, some of that warm California weather. I may not come back. I may just fly my family out there, right? But I may not be back once I go out to Cali. Okay. I haven't, I'm not coming to Chicago anytime soon. I don't have anything booked, but maybe we need to. It's been a minute since I've been to Chicago and I can see my good buddy Tim Grover up there. Okay. All right. Thank you guys. Craig, good night tonight. All right, brother. Catch you. Thanks, thanks for the sweater, too. I like it. I'm good on you. See you guys. Oh, it's comfy, too. Looks comfy. Yep. See you guys.